0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is, this is the Blue Horseshoe. With your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. George Bremer, Ryan Hickey here with you. It's prediction time. Colts, Texans, interesting uh, again, Vegas, I guess, doesn't care about past history, doesn't care about this Colts' uh, eight-game opening uh, week losing streak. Colts have one of the biggest spreads, are one of the biggest favorites of all the Week 1 slates, seven points on the road in Houston. What is your prediction? Are the Colts going to end the streak? Is this the year, George, 2022, where the streak comes to an end?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'm going to guarantee it's going to continue now by picking the Colts <laughs> oh. to win the game. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's going to be, I'll say something like, 27 to 10 i mean last year the the scores were very very similar i think it's going to be along those lines um it's going to be interesting to see i I, i'm really excited to see it because i i don't know what to expect you know we haven't seen much from this offense at all Uh, we even the defense has been pretty vanilla you know is shaq leonard going to play is he not i guess that's the one kind of like mystery out there um but i think they've got to show we've been talking about it all month long they've got to come out and show things are going to be different this year And you can't do that without winning this game.
0: 100%. I like yours. I'm going to go a little bit higher, but I'm kind of in the same ballpark. I'm going to say 31-10. Colts win this one. I think they dominate. This is a really good matchup for them kind of get out here, get in the open, and kind of get 2022 off to a good start. Um, I know, again, we've said that about many opponents of Colts have played in week number one, but this is, we've highlighted before, a lot of the reasons why I do think this year is going to be different. And this is going to be, especially, I think, a game where we have questions about the offensive continuity. And again, we haven't seen a lot from Matt Ryan, the receivers. We have questions, you know, at the skill guys outside of running back. I think this is going to be a game where Jonathan Taylor is going to go off. Like he dominated the Texans last year. I think this could be a game where I'm going to say we'll go exact here 138 yards, two touchdowns. This is a game where I think they feed him early and often and kind of ease the passing game in by taking the pressure off by just running Jonathan Taylor right through this Texans defense.
1: I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I wonder, I don't know if the official deed has transferred yet, but you can make a case <laughs> that ownership of the Houston Texans has passed from T.Y. Hilton to Jonathan Taylor. He's averaging 115 and a half yards in four career games against Houston, which is insane. Five touchdowns in that sp- stretch, so more than a touchdown a game. The only team he has more rushing yards or a higher per-game average against is Jacksonville, which is really incredible considering what they did to him the last two games of last year. Ah, uh, but that's he had that two hundred and fifty yard game uh, at the end of twenty twenty one, which which helps those numbers a lot. But he's just consistently torn up the Texans. Uh, I think the Colts need that again from him. He's certainly fresh. He didn't do anything in the preseason. He's ready to go. Uh, I think you know, it, it's it's been Jonathan Taylor's world down there in Houston.
0: I mean, you look back, even just last year specifically, you look at just the two games. 288 combined rushing yards, four touchdowns. George, uh, George, almost feels like it was just a carbon copy of week six, and then a few weeks later, he had 143 yards and then backed up with 145 yards, two touchdowns in each game. You got to think Lovey Smith, especially being the defensive mind that he is, I mean, if I was him, honestly, I would put ten guys in the box. Like I would just say, screw it. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose to Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. But we're not going to lose to Jonathan Taylor because this is a guy that absolutely has killed them the last few times. And this is going to have to be a game where if they truly want a chance to win, they're going to have to stop him. I just don't see how that's going to happen,
1: yeah. it, it has't And even putting a bunch of guys in the box that's what Bill Belichick did last year, and Taylor still went for one seventy five on the Patriots. and you know, had the, the long run at the end to, to clinch it. So even that's not a foolproof solution. It, I think it's, I agree. I think it's the only option they have, but even that might not work.
0: And absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be almost an impossible task for sure. But I think that's also going to be a key for the Colts. Like, you know, we've talked about a lot about Matt Ryan. We really haven't talked about John and Taylor for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. He, the guy is proved on the field. Right, He's really one of the few sureties the Colts have going to the season. He's done nothing in the preseason, which is a, a godsend for sure. But it's like now you, you start to look, right? And with all the questions we have about tight, uh, tight end receiver, who can kind of step up, I think it's going to be a game or two. You rely on Jonathan Taylor helps open up the rest of the passing game. And now you should get better one-on-one opportunities for Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, Molly Cox, and that's going to be – one of those things where I think early on the Colts will rely on the run game, kind of open up the pass game. I do think it will evolve eventually later in the season. But especially week number one, this is the perfect opportunity. Establish Jonathan Taylor, kind of knock some of the rust off in a way. Like I said, he's really haven't done anything this preseason. And then also help to open up and ease the pass game kind of into this offense, kind of get him going. That's gonna be that's gonna be a huge key for sure. How about numbers, George? What are a few stats? What are a few, I guess, needed numbers that we're looking at for week number one, where if the Colts either hit this barometer, they're going to win, or if they prevent the Texans from getting this number, that's going to also ensure victories. There there one or two numbers that kind of stick out to you heading to this week number one matchup?
1: Well, you mentioned Lovey Smith earlier and the defense, and we know what that defense is all about because we saw it here in Indianapolis over two different eras for for a long period of time. It's all about takeaways, right? I mean, that's when that cover two is 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 humming. They're getting the ball out and they're they're forcing turnovers. And I think it, if you look back at not just the opening day losses, but the bad losses that this Colts team has had, especially under Frank Reich, it's when they turn the ball over. Go back to that Jacksonville game. Where's the killing stretch? the start of that third quarter, back-to-back turnovers by Carson Wentz, all of a sudden a a game that was sloppy but in reach suddenly is a huge Jacksonville lead, and they just go on and win. You can't have that. I think zero turnovers is – that's my number for this game. No matter what else happens, get Jonathan Taylor going, open things up for the passing game. All those things are perfect. They they need to happen. None of it's going to matter if you turn the ball over. I think that that's my big number, zero turnovers.
0: That's how I mean, it's textbook, and like they said, George, we've seen it firsthand too many times. This Colts team, you let bad teams hang around, and you all of a sudden force a mistake. That that's how games, you know, kind of flip on their head. And that kind of that same vein, I'm going to go rushing yards here. The Colts defense has to limit. Houston to under 75 rushing yards for really two reasons, or actually three reasons. Number one, as we know, this has been an issue in the preseason. More just, I want to see can this Colts defense, is that, you know, is what we saw in the preseason? They're just getting gashed by second and third string running backs. Is that going to continue in the regular season? This is the first test for it. Number two, if there was a way for the Texans to win, I think the Colts, talent wise, you know, matchup wise, severely have a big advantage over the Texans. One of the ways it kind of flip the game on its head outside of turnovers, like you mentioned. It's controlling the clock, kind of dominating time of possession, keeping the Colts' offense off the field. When would they do that? Running the ball. Damian Pierce has gotten a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of attention this preseason for for being, you know, for playing really well, kind of stealing that starting role as a rookie coming out of Florida. So they're high on him. And this is a guy that, again, if the Colts don't take him seriously or, or have the same holes that they've had in the preseason. You go know, for 130, 140 yards, the next thing you know, Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., they're not in the field. And it's like, you know, when you're, if it's a 40-20 or 38-22 time obsession discrepancy, you're not winning many of those games, even when you had the talent advantage, you know? So eliminating the run game um can help the Colts kind of shore up what's been a weakness this preseason, kind of allow us the first litmus test to see is this truly a concern or not. But also, too, I think one of the few ways the Texans have a chance to make this game competitive and close, imagine turnovers. And, you know, killing the clock and holding on to the ball a lot, which is going to be running the ball a ton. uh, So limit the run game for sure. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Any other numbers, George, that kind of stick out to you uh, when we look at this week one matchup?
1: It's not a number, but it's a situation, you know, you, Ooh, you talk okay. about that run game and, and Pep Hamilton, obviously the offense coordinator in, in Houston, he was here for a while as well. That's his bread and butter. You know, he wants to be physical. That He wants to get, you know, in the trenches up front, win the battle there. Everybody does, but he really emphasizes that. But I think what's interesting is he actually worked with Gus Bradley with the Chargers. So they have a little bit of history together. You've got them on either side of the ball. Now the Colts defensive coordinator, the Texans offensive coordinator, they have a little history. They've been together. They know each other very well. They practice against each other for an entire season. Uh it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. The Colts have to win that battle. You know, that's one of those things. They both have good intel on on one another. The Colts have to win that battle.
0: And that's been, you know, really both sides of of the ball, question marks for the Colts when it comes to the interior, right? Two new starters on the offensive line and the defensive line. We've talked about the necessity to get after the quarterback and also stop the run as well. You're right. That's going to be the trenches is definitely something to watch for sure. I'll go one more number, George. I don't think this is a necessity for the Colts to win the game, but at least for me to feel good coming out of week one, outside of just seeing a win for sure, which is going to obviously be, you know, first and foremost, I want to see Matty Ice complete 65% of his passes. You know, completion percentage and accuracy was an issue for the Colts last year with Carson Wentz, as we know. It's kind of all or nothing. Matt Ryan is a guy who should be a a high-volume completion guy. Accuracy is one of the best things about him. And also, too, I think if he's at that number or even higher, thing that shows not only, you know, he's feeling good, kind of in the groove, but these receivers and tight ends are also making plays. You know, it's not just going to be Michael Pittman Jr., but can Alec Pierce, you know, again, make a play or two. Paris Campbell, can you stay healthy, number one, and then two, you know, get get a few uh, catches, go your way. I think Matty Ice is going to be someone who's, who's spreading the wealth around a lot this season, uh, which is going to be, you know, both good and bad because it's going to be ga- uh, hard to game plan. But also, too, it's going to require a lot of contributions from, five, six guys deep right between receiver tight end and running back as well. Um, so if he's at least completing that percentage of passes in the week, the opener week, number one, I think that's gonna be a good sign for the Colts offense moving forward, that this is a pass offense that again, can still be good and not, and maybe quell some of those early concerns we had. And again, limited preseason action, not a lot of productivity from the first string offense.
1: Yeah, not be the 26th-ranked passing game. I mean, we, we keep right. hammering that. But that's when you have the second-best run game in the league and the 26th-ranked 26th pass twenty sixth passing game and you don't make the playoffs, the finger's going to get pointed in one direction pretty easily. Uh, I think it's interesting you are talking about like using multiple weapons. I go back to 2018 and Andrew Luck's first year here – or not his first year, Frank Reich's first year here and his <laughs> only year with, with Andrew Luck. I think they set a record with, I want to say, 14 players caught touchdown passes that year. I know – it was a record for the number of players who caught touchdown pass. I can't remember the exact number. You're probably not going to get there, but that's when that offense was really rolling with Andrew luck. That's what they were doing. You know, they're going to everybody all over the field. Uh, There's a different guy every week. Eric Ebron obviously had the the bulk of those catches, but even with that, when he had 13 touchdown catches and you still set a record for the number of players who caught a touchdown pass, it tells you how much they were spreading the ball around. Uh, I think that's key. And then as far as the completion percentage goes, They're going to see a lot of zone. I assume they're going to see a lot of zone. That's what Lovey Smith does. Matt Ryan needs to take advantage of that. That's where a veteran quarterback, we've seen it on the other end for years here in Indianapolis. He needs to take advantage of that. He should absolutely have a really sky high completion percentage in this game Throw into the holes in that zone.
0: Especially too, if Jonathan Taylor goes off like we both think he will on Sunday, that's gonna really leave, you know, these uh corners on an island and make it a tougher and tougher for them to slow down this Colts offense. So you're saying 27 to 10. I'm saying 31 to 10. Colts fans rejoice. This should mean the next time we are talking to you Sunday night after week number one. This should be a very happy streak busted podcast. If not, George, is there do you have any idea what your emotions are gonna be like? I don't know for lots of curse on the pod, but I imagine <laughs> if the Colts lose week number one, th- there's going to be a lot of expeditus flying. It's just, here we go again. It's going to be, this might be the, the one of the worst out of the nine.
1: Is there a dump button? I mean, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you go that way with it? Uh, I, it'll be like 2020 all over again. I mean, I, I don't have to think that far back to that Jacksonville game. And, and like I said, there was a lot of despair, even in that locker. I don't know. The locker room was despairing. But there was a lot of disbelief that they were 0-1. And, And, you know, I I think that would be compounded this year because it just can't happen. I mean, the the expectations you have for this football team, uh, you can't lose this game. Uh, There's no other way to put it. You can't lose this game.
0: To steal a line from the great Al Davis, just win, baby. Just win. We Colts fans, we both are predicting a win. And fingers crossed we will see that on, on Sunday. But between now and then, Make sure you're checking out George's coverage of the Colts at GM Bremmer on Twitter. You can follow me at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We both will be incessantly tweeting on Sunday as the Colts do finally take on the Texans. Week number one, get the 2022 season underway. We will be back Sunday evening, Colts fans, A, a uh, the next podcast right after the game. Instant reaction to what we hope, we pray. It's a week one victory over the Texans. So make sure between now and then you're downloading and subscribing to stay uh, into with all things Colts on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.